So it's my first week of classes here at USC, and what's quickly becoming apparent to me is how much I'm going to need to plan my time. College is an era of life which is very much based on deliberate choices, where my willpower and priorities are really going to come into play. So I guess the easiest example to point to would be my diet. I'm on the college meal plan, and of course that means that I have pretty much unlimited access to whatever quantity of a wide range of foods that I can get at the campus canteen. And so at breakfast, that means that I can get as much bacon as I want, and there's a soft serve machine, so at lunch and dinner I can get as much ice cream as I want. I mean, I could even have ice cream for breakfast if I wanted to. And it is pretty easy to see how unlimited quantities of bacon and ice cream can do terrible things to your health. Other things are also wholly within my control, like whether I attend classes, how much I exercise, whether I go to church, whether I do side projects, all of these things are up to me. And in order to effectively plan how I spend my time, I also need to know how I'm already spending my time, how my record has been in the past. And that brings me neatly to, I guess, my first topic, which is going to be time tracking. So let me start Start by defining time tracking. If you're familiar to sleep tracking uh, or lawyer's billable hours, the concept is pretty much similar. So in sleep tracking, you want to see how much sleep you're getting, whether you're getting six or seven, eight hours of sleep a night as recommended. For normal people, you might want to see how much time you're spending at work on a particular project, or you might just want to see how much time you're spending at work full stop. You might be paid by the hours, so you have to be on the clock for a specific amount of time. So that's basically the idea of time tracking. You're trying to keep a quantitative record of how much time you spend on a particular activity. And time tracking is controlled along two axes. The first is expansiveness. Are you tracking all of your time or just some of your time? Are you tracking just your sleep or just your time at work? Could you go all the way and track all of your time 24-7? The second axis is granularity. To what level of detail are you tracking your time? For example, tracking just time at work or do you want to see what specific projects you're working on? I split time spent warming up and cooling down at the gym away from the time actually spent lifting weights or doing cardio. Uh, that brings me to benefit of time tracking. Why might you want to track your time? Well, the first thing is that it gives you a more accurate portrayal of the return you're getting from the time invested. The example I gave was exercise. Going to the gym, of course, involves a lot more than just lifting weights or running on the treadmill. You also have to get changed, walk to the gym, warm up, do your stretches, actually do the exercise, and then cool down, maybe take a shower, maybe change back into your normal clothes, and then go back home. Um, and all of that contributes to the amount of time it takes to get a workout in, even if it's not specifically workout time. And while all of that is necessary peripheral time, it is not necessarily what you went to the gym to do. This can be expanded to other stuff, like you need to commute to work to actually get the work done, but the commute, you're not getting paid for that. Or for example, going on date nights. You know, going on date nights can involve a lot of things, getting the babysitter, going to the place, whereas the amount of quality time you get out of a date night may be much less than the actual time you spent going on a date. And again, while all of these peripheral events like transport or arrangements are necessary, they are not necessarily what you want to do. And if you could reduce those peripherals, you certainly would. But it is useful to have an idea of what the peripheral time is. So let's take the example of exercise. If I've been going to the gym regularly, but I can see on my time tracking sheet that I'm not getting a lot of quality cardio or weightlifting time out of the amount of time actually allocated for exercise, then I might decide that I want to do something about that. Maybe I need to find a gym close to me, or I could do static exercises in my room, push-ups, sit-ups, the kind of thing that you don't need to go to the gym to do. And if I do that, I could cut off some of the transport time, some of the changing time, or like the shower is much closer to me because I'm doing it in my dorm room. And all of that can cut down the peripheral time and help me to get a much better return on investment if I see that that return on investment according to the time tracking sheet is not where I want it to be.
The second big benefit of time tracking is that it creates a kind of beneficial subconscious process. So the first part of figuring out what kind of return you're getting, that would be trying to maximize the positives you get out. The second aspect which I'm speaking to here is more about minimizing downsides. So we all have ideas of how we want to spend that time, right? You know, I want to spend more time reading or less time watching TV. I want to spend more time with friends and family and less time maybe playing video games or something like that. Whatever your goal is, it's often easy to forget about it or to let it slip away from the back of your mind and then you find yourself in a time sink that you really didn't want to be in. And if you do that, I would encourage time tracking because it creates a kind of very beneficial subconscious. Because no matter where you are or what you're doing, if you know that you're tracking your time, you will always feel a kind of responsibility to spend it well because you know that your past self had goals that your future self is going to hold you accountable to. You'll have a much better idea of where you're falling down in your time spending targets. I guess to bring this to a more concrete place, I used to spend way too much time on YouTube, so it would be like five or six hours at a stretch. I mean, I think even eight hours sometimes. When I started tracking my time, I wanted to see how much time am I spending on YouTube. And I found that, to my absolute horror, it was an average of about one to two hours a day, like seven days a week, no matter uh, what happened every week, on average, I would get like one to two hours a day. And you know, you're only awake or conscious for about 16 hours a day. And I found that I was spending a very good proportion of the time, 10 or more percent of my conscious time watching YouTube and that was way too much for me. It was also to the point that I could see that the YouTube time was pushing out more beneficial activities like exercise and reading. So it was making me less well-informed, less well-read and less healthy. That encouraged me to find programs that would limit my YouTube time. I wanted something that would help me to A, confront the problem that I was having with time spending and B, to make it easier for me to kick the habit. And it pushed me down a long and fairly difficult road, not without uh, setbacks, to less dependence on YouTube. But I was able to bring my YouTube watch time down to a much more reasonable amount. The point is that making all of those adjustments and coming face to face with the fact that I was spending way too many hours on YouTube wouldn't have been possible without the cold, hard numerical truth. It's very different to say, hmm, well, I think I'm spending quite a lot of time on YouTube, but I don't know exactly how much. I mean, I think it was like all evening yesterday, but how much time is that really? I'm not sure. It was kind of between dinner and when I fell asleep. That's very different from saying, wow, that was a five hour stretch from here to here. And that really should not have been all YouTube. And when I time-tracked, I also found that it changed my relationship with YouTube. So I knew that after I finished, I would have to log that time. So whenever I opened YouTube, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll take 15 minutes. And I would stick more reliably to that 15-minute limit that I set for myself instead of just falling off the deep end and going on for another one or two hours. Because I was aware that when I finished, then I could log that time as being short. And it would show up on my timesheet that I'd exercised more self-control and kept my time down, which was a very good feeling. So it's good to have both that positive and negative accountability to know that you'll be watching yourself fail and also succeed and improve and I was able to watch my time tracking as I could see that my hours of YouTube a week fell down 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 from you know seven eight hours a week down to three or four hours at the end which is you know not great maybe not exactly where I want it to be but it's much better and I've made a lot more peace with how I spend my time so that's my rationale for time tracking maybe you'll find it useful too that's been the topic for the week and uh, I'll see you again soon